Somebody praise the Lord. Somebody thank God. Hasn't God been good in your life? I can tell those of you who have cried out to God and have seen God move in your life, you just sing louder. I can tell. You just sing louder. You know. I mean, hasn't God brought you a long ways? Don't you know where you used to be? Hasn't God been good in your life? You know where you used to be? And look where you are at right now. You're farther than you think. You're in church right now, worshiping God. And God is here. He is present. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said that. That's so good. Hey, I want to share with you guys uh, a word today. Um, <coughs> we're in John chapter 17. This is the last weekend of uh, Red Letters, this series that we've been looking at in the words of Jesus. And John chapter 17 is a famous prayer. Uh, we're not going to read the whole chapter. There's 26 verses. But uh, Jesus is praying, and he prays for himself. And then he prays for his disciples. But verses 20 to 26, you know who he prays for? You and me. He prays for you and I. And he says this prayer, and I want to encourage you to read the whole thing, maybe when you go home or something, but read the whole, but uh, check it out. We're just starting at verse 20. Verse 20 says this, Jesus said, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them that he's talking about you. Just tell them he's talking about you. And here's what Jesus says, that all of them may be, what church? Do you hear that? This is the words of Jesus. And the prayer is that us, believers, those who put their faith in Jesus, the church, that all of them may be, let's say it again, one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, that's on the heart of Jesus. It's the heart of God that God wants you to believe in his son. God wants you to believe that his son, he sent his son into this world 2,000 years ago. It's, it's important to God. Um, then it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be, there it is again, say it again, as we are, you're starting to see a little theme right there, aren't you? I in them, and you in me. Do you see that? I in them, and you in me. So that they may be brought to complete. Say, say that word again out loud real quick. It's an important word. So he's talking about this. I and them and you and me and God and me and I and you and this oneness so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Verse 24 says, um, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation 
of the world. Sounds a little bit like heaven. That's the heart of God. God wants you to be in heaven. Jesus wants you to be in heaven. There's a whole new picture of who Jesus is in Revelation. A whole new picture. Um, 25 says, Righteous Father. Jesus said, Righteous Father. Though the world does not know you, I know you. <laughs> and they know that you have sent me. And then the last verse says this. Jesus said, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. I'm going to say that again. In order that, in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your prayer in John chapter 17. Would you just have your way here? We lift you up, Jesus. There's no other name greater than your name. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You are the Alpha and Omega, the bright and morning star. You're our mighty counselor, our everlasting Father, the great I Am. You're our advocate. You are the one that we worship, the only one worthy of opening up that scroll. Jesus, you're the living water. You're our great physician. Some of us, we need you, and we know we need you desperately. So I pray, God, that you move here in a super special way, in a surprising way. Move in the heart of the person who is dragged to church. Move in the heart of the person who's heard 10,000 sermons, who grew up in the church. Move in a surprising way. Move in the heart of that person who's caught up in a lifestyle that is just not pleasing to you, God. Tear down walls today and Jesus, transform hearts. Create rivers and deserts here, Lord. I pray that every soul Here's a word from you, God. And would you give God permission to move in your heart just right where you're at? Just say, Jesus, I need you. Say, Jesus, open my heart. Jesus, give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see. Speak to me. Give me a soft heart to receive your word. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. And Jesus, in this crazy world, in our busy world, we stop right now. And we say we need you. And we worship you. And we're coming to the well here right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, work in me and through me by your grace. I want to be a clean vessel for you. And I thank you for your mercy. Direct my words and thoughts. Anoint this message, God, in a special way. And may you be seen clearly, Jesus. Not me. May you be seen clearly, Jesus. It's in your name we pray all of this. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, did you see that theme in John chapter 17 about I and you and you and me and being me and this whole thing? I want you to turn to the person next to you before you sit down and just say, I'm pregnant. Can you do that? <laughs> I know some men I know you've never said that in your life but that's what we're talking about
She's like, no, seriously. (laughs) No, seriously. (laughs) I've been wanting to tell you. This is a good time. I've been wanting to tell you that this is it. I would freak out if Grace told me that. And we just start calling her Sarai or Sarah. That'd be crazy. Like, we got rid of all of our baby stuff. And I can't imagine going through that stage of life. But you know what? Those of you who are in that stage, I would do anything to go back to that stage. You know, that's just a sweet time and it goes by so, so quickly. Isn't that right? It goes by so quickly, so quickly. You know, um, last week on Sunday night, um, we we just gave it up for our our volunteers. We call them ministry partners, our volunteers. Um, and uh, we have a bunch of, of people that serve here, about almost 200 uh, volunteers. And I want to just say thank you again to all of our ministry, ministry partners. Some of you weren't able to make it. And we want you to know we appreciate you. The church cannot go forward without you. Can't be what it is today. And it cannot go forward without you. This may surprise you, but the people at the door that said hello to you, um, they're not paid um, by us. We don't pay them anything. They're doing it because God has stirred their hearts and they've said, you know what, I can smile. And uh, they're doing it because they're, they're, you know, connecting with the vision of the church and they believe in it and so grateful for that. The people that are watching your children and, and, and the people that, that are serving you coffee, all of them are doing it because of what God has done inside of them. And they've chosen to uh, utilize their gifts for the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. It's so different from like where you work at. I mean, where you work at, people show up because they want to eat. They want a paycheck. I got bills to pay. That's why they show up, right? That's why maybe you show up. But at church, people show up because of who Jesus is. And uh, we had this volunteer appreciation dinner. We, we, uh, it, was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Put your hands together for our amazing volunteers. Thank you for doing that. It was a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, and all of our staff kind of gave a talk about the different ministry areas, and we also had in the middle of every table, like a trivia, um, it was uh, important questions, like how many rolls of toilet paper does the church go through every month? That's an important kind of question. It's a, you guys going to make this hard or easy on me? I'm just going to ask you right now. Don't do that to me. Come on now. Uh, um, Who stole Pastor Ruben's chocolate milk at men's retreat and was in jeopardy of going to hell? And that was an important question. We worked through that. Why don't Pastor Nick and Zach go to the property anymore? And there were four options. Pastor Nick's car can't make it up the hill. That's probably true. Uh, They are afraid of getting tetanus. Um, It's where Zach's childhood girlfriend broke up with him. And they think there was a man with a hook for a hand hiding out there. They went to go get a Christmas tree during December, like a few years ago. And while they were there, they heard something in in the house. And uh, they had the Christmas tree in their hand. And they're just scaredy cats. They dropped the Christmas tree, jumped in the car, and drove away because they heard someone with claws and chains and... I have this vision of like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. That's what I have. I think of them running out of there. And how about this one? Those of you who are in the choir, what was the name of the choir's favorite song that they did for Easter? What do you think it was? Grave clothes. That's what it was. Most, most choir members 
enjoyed great clothes. Well, thank you, ministry partners. Appreciate you. Thank you for serving. And I want to thank those of you in advance who are about to serve. Those of you who are not serving, I want to thank you for signing up. Thank you so much. Give it up for all those people who are not serving that are about to serve. <laughs> Praise the Lord for the kingdom. Amen. There it is right there. That's the mic drop moment. Hey, let's jump into this, guys. Verse, um, I want to read this quote, too. It's a cool quote. Um, someone said this about the prayer of Jesus. There is no voice which has ever been heard, either in heaven or on earth, more exalted, more holy, more fruitful, more sublime than the prayer offered up by the Son of to God himself. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful that Jesus prayed for us. You know, he knew we needed prayer. There's a lot of things he talks about in there, like, like protecting us from the evil one and watching over us. But, but verses 20 through 26, he hones in on a prayer for future Christians, future believers. And as I looked at this, there were a couple of things that that just jumped off the page for me as I prayed about it. I said, okay, God, show me what, you're wanting, what, what you want to say. And verse 23 is the first thing I want to talk about. Uh, Jesus says, so that they may be brought to complete what? Unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved, loved me. Jesus is talking about this relationship with the Father. First of all, John chapter 17 is evidence that God the Father was working through Jesus, his entire ministry. Jesus said, I am, I and the Father are one. And you see, over and over, the will of Jesus is to obey his Father. So you really see the Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, all working together beautifully. And in, in verse 23, Jesus Jesus goes to this place and he says, okay, all of this is for, so that, um, so, so that there will, we will all be brought to complete unity. And then I thought, you know, isn't it interesting? I mean, Jesus is praying about future Christians, future believers, people who will put their faith in the Jesus that went to the cross 2,000 years ago. People who will be going to church. And stopping their busy lives and saying, nope, it's Sunday or it's Saturday night and we need to go to church. And, and, and the prayer that Jesus is praying is about unity. He's talking about Christians. Christians. I feel like Alan, Alan Iverson talking about practice. He's talking about Christians. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking why in the world? I mean, you, you would think the prayer would be like for the poor or the outcast, or for people to experience miracles. But in John chapter 17, he takes up this landscape on the page, and he talks about unity. Talks about unity. I want to talk about that just a little bit. Why is it such a big deal for Jesus? Why is it such a big deal? You know, one of the strategies of the enemy is to create a spirit of division. He wants to create the spirit of division. And I've seen it happen so many times in, in the lives of 
Christians. Christians, they can be cold. You go to the South and somebody says something like, like something like, um, um, I got to say it right, you know, like, bless your heart. You just need to know they just cussed you out right there. They just, that was not a nice thing. I'm just telling you that's not a <laughs> But, but uh, uh, we can, as Christians, we have the ability to unfriend people and ignore people and block people. We have the ability to uh, say harsh things to others, and we're okay coming to church and raising our hands and worshiping God. You know what I'm talking about? We, have, we, we know how to drop certain things like Lord willing and God bless you, brother, and God bless you and praying for you. And, and many times we don't, we don't really mean it. We're not really praying for you. We're just saying it. We have the ability to, to like, like, okay, now I know what's acceptable in this circle in my life. And I can, I can live a certain way in this circle because these are all my church friends over here. But I'm a different person at work. I'm a different person at school. I'm a different person in this friend group. And we can, we can change a little bit. Christians. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to be praying for unity. Now, unity, um, the side behind, the, behind this unity, the implication is it doesn't mean like we're all the same. I mean, the essence of unity is we all are different, but we come together in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? I mean, that's the essence of, of unity. It's like we have different backgrounds, and, and some of you are white, and some of you are dark chocolate. You know what I'm saying? And, but we all come together in the name of Jesus with all of our backgrounds and histories because we've all been changed by the grace of God. We've all experienced the grace of God. And I've seen division in churches happen all the time, and it's a terrible testimony for people who are outside the church, isn't it? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't like the music, so we're going to leave the church. Um, they didn't say hi to me, so I'm leaving the church. The music was too loud, so I'm going to leave the church. <laughs> they asked me for some money, so I'm going to leave the church. They asked me to serve, and you know what? I don't want to serve. Now they've identified me, so now I can't hide anymore, so now I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to go somewhere where I can hide out. I don't want to do that. The service went too long. <laughs> You know, when I, when I went on my sabbatical, I went one of the churches that I visited. I visited a lot of churches, and I just needed to experience God. But the church that totally blew me away was in Brooklyn. I went to Brooklyn Tabernacle, Jim Cimbala's church. He wrote a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's an old book. Um, I don't, I, you'd probably have to look for it on Amazon or somewhere, whatever. And it talks about prayer, and his daughter needed a miracle. But anyway, that service, I remember being in the service in Brooklyn, and I remember looking at my watch, and I was like, we've been in the service for an hour and a half, and the message hasn't even started yet. Now, how many of you would have just walked out? Let's just be honest. I mean, we know who you are. At the very end of the sermon, when I'm praying, you slip out. We know who you are. Just want you to know that. There's still another song to go, but you're like, oh, you're just like the old days in the Catholic Church, right? <laughs> the communion time, after communion, I'm bolting. You know what I mean? It's like the old days. But I remember Jim Simbola preaching, and I was like, 
I lost track of time. You know, that's our hope and prayer here, is that you lose track of time and you get caught up in the presence of the Lord. That's our hope and prayer. That's the win, that we just lose track of time and you have a personal encounter with God that just blows you away. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, any kingdom, oh, let's read this out loud, guys. That's a good word to remember. Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. I think about that phrase, divided against itself. The idea is there should be oneness. But instead of oneness, they're against each other. And they're not walking together like Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, how can two people agree unless they walk the same direction? And there's this idea of they should be one, but instead they're at odds with each other. And what happens is it creates a weak house, not a strong house, a weak kingdom, not a strong kingdom. Remember Jesus' prayer for unity, for unity. For the kingdom. There you go. Let's, it's going to catch. The fire's going to catch. I got to keep fanning that flame for the kingdom. Amen. That, that encourages my soul, guys. Just so you know that. It encourages my soul. Um, another version uh, says it like this Any, a, a town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. Have you ever been in a relationship where there's just a lot of feuding? <laughs> arguing it's hard isn't it it's hard i mean let's just real you're not be real you're not excited about if that's happening in your home you don't want to go home right you're not looking forward to going home because you don't want to argue about silly stuff and sometimes you used to be in a relationship and if i were to ask you hey what happened to that old relationship and you might say something like we just argued a lot just got tired of it. The devil wants to create division. He does not want you to turn to Jesus. He doesn't want you to go to church. So just understand that. That's his goal, for you to walk away from God. You were hurt, so just walk away. You were hurt, so just walk away. You don't understand something, so just walk away. He does not want you to know Jesus Christ. And he wants to tear up every marriage, every home. He wants you to be at odds with your children and your children to be at odds with you. Just need to know, need to know that. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. I may have come that you may have life. So you need to understand, there's a reason why Jesus is praying for unity. He's praying that everyone comes together and, and that it's, it's like, it's like, it's like a, you know, oil flowing down the beard of Aaron. Psalm 133 says that. You know, one of the most powerful things you can do in your home, first of all, is coming to church. That's a big deal. And if not everyone comes to church, and maybe it's you and your spouse stays home because they don't want to come to church, you come to church anyway, and you pray for them. Who else is going to pray for them like you anyway? 
Who else loves your children like you? Come into church. The other thing you can do in your house is pray together out loud. Pray together out loud. Pray for your husbands. Pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. When you come together to eat, hopefully you have a time where you come together to eat together. I know that's becoming a more and more rare thing. Some of us have closer relationships with our cell phones than we do with each other, right? <laughs> Some of us have closer. So, but, but come together and pray out loud. Let them hear you say their name as you cry out to God. That's powerful. That's powerful. I pray for my kids. I always have. Pray for my wife. I can't tell you how many times I pray for them. I prayed for my dog, even when I don't want to pray for my dog. <laughs> Something's wrong with them or something. And Grace is like, Reuben, pray for him, pray for him, pray for him. And I'm like, I don't want to pray for him. <laughs> but I pray for him. My daughter, you know, I, I have this habit of praying for her at, at night, like at the very end. I Both my kids, and but, you know, one's in them older now. But anyway, so I always pray for her at night, like right before she goes to bed. And if we mess up that order, like sometimes I want to pray for her earlier so that I can have a little downtime. You know what I'm talking about? So if I pray for her earlier and I say like, Jesus be with Hannah, watch over her. And she does not want me to pray for her earlier. So in the middle of my prayer, she'll say, Jesus, don't listen to him. Jesus, don't listen to him. Jesus. <laughs> Life of a pastor's home right there, guys. <laughs> Life of a pastor's home. But pray with each other. Why do people argue? James chapter 4 says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war, where? Within you. So you need to know if there's someone with an argumentative spirit, they have a war, an internal war going on inside of them. Maybe it's between the devil and, and the spirit. Whatever it is, maybe it's between their will and God's will. Maybe it's an unwillingness to surrender to God. At the heart of all this is the spirit of pride. Pride is so powerful, it entered Lucifer when he was in heaven, got kicked out of heaven. Pride filled his heart. And pride can tear down a marriage, it can tear down a man, it can tear down a woman, it can tear down... I mean, that's what pride is. It's focusing on yourself. Not focusing on, on others. And James is saying, hey, you know what? You could have evil desires inside of you. I mean, how many times are you like inside? You're like, I know what I should be doing, but I don't want to do it. I know what I should be doing right now, but I, I just don't want to do it. I, I know I shouldn't be looking at this. I know I shouldn't be scrolling like this. I know I shouldn't be looking at all these feeds and all these reels. And I know I shouldn't be in this. I know, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I know God wants my attention. I know I should be praying. I know I should. People who are argumentative have an internal war within them. And then Jesus said this. His prayer was, verse 21, he says, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. There it is. That's his desire. And if you look at scripture, there's this theme over and over, this theme of oneness. Jesus desires to live inside of you. That's what he does. He, uh, and, and it's not only that, but 
But, but there's this idea of God the Father lives in Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in Jesus. And now the prayer of, of Jesus is that now they live in you and you're pregnant with the Trinity. <laughs> there's this idea of, you know what, if they were to open you up, people would see Jesus. And when you're stressed, and when you feel anxious, and when you feel worried, people can look inside of you and find Jesus. Verse 22, he says, that they may be one as we are one, and I in them, and, and you in me. There's that prayer. You know, let me say it this way. You think about that a little bit. If Jesus lives in me, God the Father lives in me, and his Holy Spirit lives in me. For that to happen, there needs to be a surrender of your will. At some point in your relationship with God, if you're going to go to another level, you have to say, not my will, but your will be done. That's when you become a disciple. When it's no longer about your perception, your perspective. It's no longer about your comfort. It's no longer about your wishes and desires. But it's a dying to self. I have been crucified with Christ. And when you die to yourself and you say, okay, all of a sudden what you're doing is you're opening up the door and, and you know what you're telling God? Come on in. I want more of you. See, Jesus is more than a Costco membership or any other kind of membership. He wants to transform your heart and your home. It starts with you. It starts with you. And Jesus is making this clear. So if, if you are full, full of the Spirit of God, you're pregnant with the Spirit of God, let me say it this way. Someone who is full of the Spirit of God should not tear down someone else who is full of the Spirit of God. That's a kingdom divided. The anointed should not bring down the anointed. If you're full of Jesus, you should not bring down that other Christian, that other believer, that works against it. And we see division all over our world, right? You just have to scroll through Instagram or whatever, Twitter or Facebook, whatever, and there's division everywhere, right? In politics and sexuality or whatever it is, there's division everywhere, but the church should be different. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in what? Harmony with each other. Let there be, let's read it out loud, let there be no divisions in the church. No divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. That's our hope. You know who's head of this church? Jesus. I've just been changed by Jesus, guys. The one who's pulling the strings is Jesus. And I want to, I, I submit to him over and over. I'm on my face all the time saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? What ministries do you want us to do? Where are you working? That's what I want to be part of. Include us, God, in what you're doing. Include us, God. 
include us. Our space here, guys, I'm just telling you, I was, I was, I'm going to let you in on my prayer life right now. Um, we don't, uh, this is a blessing to have this space, but, but you know, it's a really odd space. It's in the corner. And when people are outside and, you know, and they're looking in, it's so deceiving because you think the whole church is like 1,000 square feet or something like that because it looks really small on the outside, doesn't it? It's like a pie. Did you, it's the second biggest space after King Supers. But even where we're at, now our, our property that we have is on Washington behind Cabela's and it's dirt and we're praying for praying about all that stuff. But I, I've been praying and I was like, Lord, um, would you give us a more prominent space? And maybe the Lord will do that. But then just as soon as it came out of, out of my mouth, the Lord said to me, Reuben, I can do anything I want anywhere I want. Some of you, I'm going to preach. This side say it, amen. This one, I didn't say anything. So I'm going to preach over here on this side for a little bit. God can do anything he wants, can he? Hello, baby. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, there's something beautiful, and I'm talking about any church that focuses on Jesus, and Jesus is the head, and the Word of God is the authority. It's beautiful when people come together, and they're focusing on Jesus, and they want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and they genuinely love people, regardless of what they look like or how they dress or whatever it is. There's something incredibly powerful when we say let's get together on a Tuesday night or Wednesday night or a Tuesday morning or let's go and let's go serve and the church says we know why for the kingdom amen and you know Christians aren't perfect in the church you guys might be surprised about that right did you know there are some people that are I affectionately call E-G-R-ers. You know what an E-G-R person is? Extra grace required. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any of those people here at Thorn Creek. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? It's like, oh, they're, they're, that's just the way they are. They're a good person. You got to look at their heart. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. Just get past what they said. Because you know there, there it is. Extra grace required. And, and to be part of a church that is united, you know what it requires? It requires you to show grace. It requires you to forgive. In fact, Jesus said this, that they may be perfected in unity. You know that word perfection, perfected in the original Greek, it means this, to be made complete to be made complete so there's this idea that when you're pregnant with the trinity and and jesus is now you're learning to walk with jesus and you're learning you know you're going to church and i mean you're growing at a personal level there's this idea that it didn't stop with one time decision it's a daily decision to grow in Christ and to grow in your prayer life and grow in your walk with God and and and, and you're, you're like an oak tree just growing up and the longer you walk with the Lord the more people can see oh, they're spiritually mature now hear this 
sometimes we think spirit maturity just has to do with your knowledge. It's not. It's about your character. It's about the words that come out of your mouth. And people can see your willing heart. People can see your availability. People can see your desire to be obedient to God. People can see your love. Jesus said, I have made known, I have made you known to them. He's talking to God, the Father, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Isn't that crazy? So Jesus is saying, this love, God, that the, the love that was behind God sending his son, Jesus, into the world. You have to realize that was the love behind. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That love from heaven that God said, God looked at Jesus and said, it's time. It's time. Galatians says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. So it was the love of God that motivated God to send his one and only son into the world. And now the prayer that Jesus has is that the love of God, which lives in Jesus, will also live in you. Wow. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's the heart, that's the prayer in John chapter 17. In order that the love you have for me may be in them. I don't know what picture you have of love. I maybe you have a picture of love that just, just wasn't the love of God. Some of you know what conditional love looks like. You had that growing up. Some of you know what it feels like to be abused. Some of you know what it feels like to be walked out. Some of you know what it feels like to be hurt. Some of you know what it feels like to be sexually abused and even raped, maybe. Some of you know what it feels like to hate yourself. So I want you to take all of that and just give it to God. Don't, don't live your life based on that definition. The truest expression of love is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. Like God loved us even when we didn't deserve it. First John chapter 4, this is the same apostle who wrote John chapter 17. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God you know one way you can tell if someone's growing in their walk with God by their capacity to love it's like you're in the house and 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 you can see your spouse respond differently to certain situations. They used to respond like with a hot head and they used to have a lot of impatience and 
that used to say things that would hurt you, but now in the house, you're talking different. And it's because they, they have a relationship with God. Verse 8 says, The one who does not love does not know God. For, for what church? For. Mm, so simple, isn't it? By this, the love of God was manifested in us. Here it is. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation sacrifice, atonement of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I want to look at that verse again, verse 12. His love is perfected in us. Earlier, John the Apostle, in John chapter 17, he talked about we are perfected in this unity. Remember that? As we do life together, and we choose to forgive, we choose to show grace, we choose to love the EGRs, <laughs> we choose to, you know what guys, sometimes it, it takes more courage to stay in the boat than to get out of the boat. Sometimes it takes more courage to stay and not run, right? Sometimes. And when you stay and you say, I'm going to work through this. I mean, that's what a relationship is. It's when you've seen the worst in the other person and you say, I'll stay. I'm going to pray for you. That's, that's a relationship right there. That's a relationship. That's a relationship. I'm so glad you guys are helping me preach. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I thank you so much. And his love is perfected in us. That means, again, to be complete. To be complete. So for those of you, let, let's just put it this way. How many of you have grown up in the church? Raise your hand if you've grown up in the church. You know what, guys? Your love should be better than everyone else who did not raise their hand. Right? But you got to keep growing. I know some of you are like, I'm so glad I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> oh, guys, you know what? It's about surrender. And here's the crazy thing. Husbands, check this out. When you love God with all of your heart, when you love Jesus with all your heart, you will love your woman like Christ loved the church. That's intense. She will be grateful for your love for God. Ladies, the same thing. Wives, when you love God with all of your heart, you will look to your man and desire to support him and respect and be with him and be a blessing to him. You will have a desire to do that. You'll have a desire to do that. It's a beautiful thing. When everyone looks to Jesus first, everything else falls in order. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. So here in John chapter 17, Jesus said, I'm praying for those who believe in the future 
that are going to church at Thorn Creek Church. <laughs> and I'm praying for unity and I'm praying that they may love like you love. That's the prayer. That's a prayer for you and I. That's the prayer. That's the prayer. So the love of God is perfected. It's perfected when you're in a situation where you need to be patient. The love of God is perfected when you're in a situation and you're tempted to seek revenge. It's perfected when that person says some supercharged words to you, but you choose to hold your tongue. The love of God is being perfected. The love of God is being perfected when you're tempted to lose your cool. It's perfected when you have a thought that says, me first, me first, others second. And you say, no, 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 no. It's perfected when you are tempted to be self-centered and you say, you know what? It's, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live like that. And Jesus is saying, you know what? If God loved you, then you should love everybody. That's what Jesus is saying. If God... So where are you at? I want to talk to you here a little bit. Those of you who are far from God and you came to church and maybe if it was up to you, you wouldn't have been here. I don't know. But maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you used to walk with God and you've kind of drifted. Um, I want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to turn back to God. This is why you're here. God wants you to hear this message. This is an opportunity for you. You have breath in your lungs. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. You have breath in your lungs. Don't waste it. And then I want to talk to those of you who call yourself a Christian. And maybe, maybe that unity is just not part of your life. Maybe there's a spirit of division that you live with. Maybe it's me first. Maybe the love of God is not really manifested. Maybe you need to keep growing. Maybe God's not done with you yet. Hello. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Can you do that one or two? Maybe God's not done with you. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your John chapter 17. It's a beautiful chapter, Lord. And right now, I want to pray for that person who is not a believer. And if that's you and you want to become a Christian, would you say, Jesus, right now I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I want to become a Christian right now. I want to live a new life. So I ask you to make your home in my heart, Jesus. Get behind that steering wheel of my life and be Lord, be my Lord of uh, past, present, and future. Teach me how to walk with you. Give me a new craving for your word to know you, God, and to know your purpose for my life. Others of you might need to say this. Those of you who call yourself a Christian, maybe you need to say this. God, I need more of you. Jesus, I need more of you. I need more of your love. And today, I'm going to pray that you continue to grow me. I want to be made complete. I want people in my home to see that I'm different. So minister to me, Lord. Lord, I just feel compelled to pray for that person who's discouraged. Would you encourage them? And Oh, Lord, touch them.
I pray for that person who's far from you, God, and just still doesn't feel like they should turn to you. I pray that you just quicken their spirit right now and touch their heart right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for that person who's a slave to that addiction and nobody knows but you and them, God. I pray that you break that addiction right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you lift up hearts today. I pray that you set free that person who's gripped by depression and anxiety. Set them free right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You are the God of miracles. And Lord, I pray that this church, and we can only talk about this church since we're here, Lord, but I pray that this church is a stronger force, united in purpose, united in your word, in you, Christ, in thought, and we are just a force for North Denver and beyond. May other people come to know you, Jesus, because of the unity and the love in this church. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you even for the space that we are in, Lord. There I said it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May you be lifted up, set a fire in every heart. Pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's put our hands together for God's word, guys.